If you work in education, there are days when you wish that the genie could be put back into the bottle. There are days that when for all the good that it does and for all the connections that it makes available, there are days when you wish that social media either did not exist at all or that nobody under the age of 18 was allowed to use it. The facts are these. The current human population of planet Earth is 7.7 billion people. And more than half, more than half of that population has access to the internet. And the vast majority of people who are on the internet, 3.4 billion, have some kind of social media presence. They are on Facebook, or Instagram, or Snapchat, or any one of the other mobile platforms that there are for social interaction. In the year September 2017 to October 2018, social media usage grew by another 320 million people worldwide. That's one new user every 10 seconds. Why am I telling you all of this? It's because that is an awful lot of new voices that are crowding into the marketplace, for want of a better term, all the time. I don't want to sound like an old fogey, and I'm trying really hard not to. Um, when, I was, um, when I was growing up in the 70s with my stripy tank top, and my polyvelt clout shoes, and my big collared patterned shirt, uh, I am not going to say that things were better, because I don't think they were. But they were simpler. Simpler doesn't always mean better. There were three television channels. If you wanted to have news, there were very limited options. There was a news bulletin once an hour on the radio, and TV news was on at lunchtime, um, tea time preceded by the magic roundabout or nog in the nog and again in the evening that was it if you had extreme views there were very limited ways in which you could make contact with people who had the same opinions as you did there were some things that the nation largely did together the Morecambe Wise Christmas show is always shown as, an, as a, an evidence of that. In fact, the famous 1977 Morecambe Wise Christmas show actually was not watched as, by as many people as the show that preceded it, the Mike Yarwood Christmas special. But 28 million people sat down to watch, which was slightly more than half the population of the country at that time. Contrast that with this year, a larger national population, but the most watched TV show this Christmas was Michael McIntyre's Big Show. Big Show, big prizes, with 6.1 million people. We are surrounded by a huge number of voices all the time, and it's becoming more diverse and more diffused 
all the time. Those voices want our attention. And if they're going to get our attention, they feel like they need to become louder and louder and say more and more extreme things to get our attention. Talk to the pupils at Kent College uh, and they will tell you that they watch very little broadcast television. What they do watch is streaming services and YouTubers. And if a teen star on YouTube is going to get your attention with hundreds of thousands or perhaps even millions of views, they have to do or say something more extreme than the next YouTuber, teen YouTuber, because they need to get your attention, they need you to come back for more to satisfy their advertisers, because all these 17-year-olds have got advertisers on their channels as well. There are young people making vast amounts of money out of what they post online, and the majority of of them do it by being extreme. We have never lived in a time when there have been more voices clamoring for our attention. And it can be very noisy sometimes and very shrill and very confusing. Only this week, Facebook announced that for the first time in the UK, they are going to start employing fact checkers who will flag up or take down things that are demonstrably not true. The ability to put information up on Facebook, which whether it is true or not, and pass it off as news is deeply concerning. It could skew the whole process of democratic debate. And as I said earlier on, the Vice President and the President of the Methodist Conference got together with the Archbishop of Canterbury just this week to plead for an end to anger and vitriol in public debate. Will that voice be loud enough to be heard amongst the clamor of the voices that we are surrounded by? I don't know. In a week when Remain MP Anna Soubry was physically jostled and accused of being a Nazi of all things outside the Houses of Parliament, something needs to happen. More loud and shrill and violent voices shout for our attention. And there comes one more voice, and somehow it cuts through everything else. Maybe that's because it comes out of the wilderness places out of the desert, and it cries, prepare a way for the Lord, get ready, for someone is coming, God is coming. There are lots of voices that we've heard in the readings this morning in Isaiah, we have the voice of God saying to the people, I am going to call you. In the reading from Luke, we have the crowd going out to hear John the Baptist and the words that he shares with them, pointing to one who is coming. And then we have the voice of God again in that gospel reading, coming again, confirming that Jesus is the one who John has been speaking about. This is my son. I am pleased with him. That voice of God cutting through everything else and saying, this is the right path. This is the way of love and justice and peace. Walk this path. Walk in this direction. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. And I suppose the big question always is this. How do we know? 
How do we know that what we feel or feel called to do is of God and not just a crazy concoction of our own prejudices and desires talking? Every five years, every Methodist minister faces this as a question. As, as appointments come up for extension, or you wonder whether your work in a particular place is you, has come to an end and you need to move on, the question is always the same. Do I have, do I have a sense of what God is asking of me, what I am being called to do? We test it when people say, I want to come into the diaconal or the presbyteral ministry and be ordained, or I want to be a local preacher. We test that call. We ask people who feel that call to share something of that call with others and to allow it to be tested following the voice that we understand to be of God. And we all know that that, can, that voice can be heard wrongly. The church has got it spectacularly wrong over the years. The Spanish Inquisition, the response of some Christians in the 1980s to the AIDS crisis. Too often people outside the church can point to the response of some Christians and say, if that is your response to the voice of God, then I want nothing to do with you. That is why uh, Methodists, thank goodness, have always put so much weight on the quadrilateral. There's a word, the quadrilateral. We've always said that there are four ways to test any calling that you feel you might have. Can it be supported by what we hear and understand God to be telling us through the word of Scripture? So Scripture, one plank of that quadrilateral? Is it supported by the Christian tradition and heritage and, st and story? So tradition. When we bring our reason, our own minds to that, does it sound as if it is of God? God has given us our brains for a reason. Use them. And finally, experience. Does it chime in with our own experience and the experience of others that we know, fellow Christians on the journey? Scripture, tradition, reason, experience. Thank you, Mr. Wesley. We live in a world of voices clamoring for our attention. In the midst of all of that noise, there is one voice that we need to be paying attention to, looking for, listening for. It is the voice that often comes out of the desert and the wilderness places. And it says, here is God. Follow. How do we know that we have found that voice? How do we know what it is saying? The way to test it is by scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. As 2019 unfolds, as we make our covenant, we made our covenant to follow God last week, let us together and as individuals listen for that voice as it cuts through the clamor. Test that it is true.
and then follow it with everything we have. In Jesus' name, amen.